Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. A historian wrote this about Charlemagne. On Christmas Day in the year 800, Charlemagne was crowned Holy Roman Emperor. With much grandeur and celebration in St. Peter's Basilica, Leo III presented Charles with a golden crown. And for the only time in history, the Pope bowed down before an earthly king. Out of four journeys to Rome, undoubtedly this was the most triumphant, yet until his death in 814, at the age of nearly 70, he would continue to dazzle Europe with his military prowess and intellectual energy. Now this is certainly interesting history, but the connection to our lessons for today come in the form of a legend about Charlemagne's funeral. The story goes that following his mighty funeral procession that left his castle, When the royal casket arrived at the cathedral with a lot of pomp and circumstance, it was met by the local bishop who barred the cathedral door. Who comes, the bishop asked, as was the custom. Charlemagne, lord and king of the Holy Roman Empire, proclaimed the emperor's proud herald. Him, I know not, the bishop replied. Who comes? The herald, a little shaken, replied, Charles the Great, a good and honest man of the earth. Him, I know not, the bishop said again. Who comes? The herald, now completely crushed, responded, Charles, a lowly sinner who begs the gift of Christ. To which the bishop, Christ's representative, responded, Enter, receive Christ's gift. Of life. I was helping out a friend with a project the other week, and as we were working together, there was another new person that I met that was working alongside of us as well, another one of their friends, and all three of us come from different Christian perspectives, but we were happy to be together in a dialogue as we were working along together, appreciative of the fact that we were Um, respectful of the gifts that each of us brought to that conversation. And in the midst of that conversation, through my new acquaintance, let's call him Jim, he told a story that made me quite uncomfortable, quite frankly, as a pastor, thinking about the effect that pastors can have on folks that come into their congregations. He told the story of being uninvited to a congregation here in Loveland a number of years ago. Jim and his wife had begun to worship at this new congregation. The pastor invited them over for dinner, and the dinner was going well. They were having a fine conversation, and after dinner, the two wives went off to talk, and he's there still talking to the pastor. And along the way in the conversation, Jim mentioned something that caught the pastor's ear, and suddenly it seemed that the pastor found what he was saying theologically unacceptable. Now, mind you, it was something completely biblically defensible, but it didn't fit into this pastor's theological perspective. 
And so he told Jim, if that's what he believed, that he was no longer invited to that congregation, nor was he welcome in his home. So Jim gathered up his wife, and they went on their way. I couldn't help but think of Jim when reading the story for this week and the audacity of this pastor, this follower of Jesus, that looked much more like the Pharisees in the story than Jesus. Jesus is reminding the religious leaders here that it's not about being the best and the brightest when it comes to the kingdom. It's about seeing all as brothers and sisters around the table where there is always room for everyone, from the least to the greatest. As humans, we're captive to self-justifying ways through which we make ourselves out to be better than others, but in reality, we are all sinners in need of redeeming before God. Even the great Charlemagne, at the end, was a beggar in need of God's mercy. It's fascinating how it works for us so often. We're willing to acknowledge our own lowliness in the face of God, but for some reason, even though we'll proclaim, chief of sinners though I be, somehow we still manage to imagine ourselves better than the one standing next to us. We sang a hymn here recently that speaks to this point. It starts out sounding great. A place at the table for everyone, and God will delight when we wonderful, humble sinners, when we set a place at the table for everyone. But as we get further into that song, we get to that darn third verse, for just and unjust, a place at the table. Abuser abused with need to forgive. In anger and hurt, a mindset of mercy for just and unjust, a new way to live. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are we really singing those words? Suddenly the table looks a lot bigger than it did just a little while ago. Over the last month, we have continually been hearing lessons that remind us of the priorities of God. And here we're once again here about the preferential seating at the table for the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. But wait a minute. That guy's poor because he takes drugs and doesn't have a job. I'm giving up my seat for that guy? Sure, I'm a sinner too, but come on. We have some mixed-up Christian messages to sort out in our culture today that keep us at a safe distance from the kind of grace and mercy that Jesus is pointing us to once again in our gospel lesson for today. We want to embrace the message of repentance that Jesus brings us as we should, but somehow we quickly forget that never in this life do we achieve any righteousness on our own. Repentant as we may be, the, our righteousness always and only comes from Jesus. Jesus himself always called the lowly to repentance by loving them. And it was the self-righteous that he called to task with judgment. The message is clear that if we try to populate our table 
with all of the righteous and powerful. It may be a good-looking table in this world, but it's not God's table. If you want to find God's table, then you have to look for the one where everyone is struggling to sit down at the lowest place. In a church that is besieged by an American culture of success, we need to keep this vision of the table of grace at our center. We need to cling to the cross that grounds us in the humble grace of Jesus Christ. We must have this vision because otherwise we can find ourselves sitting around a grand banquet worship table with nothing more than ourselves to look at. We get so wrapped up in our own circles that we can't even tell when we become the poor in spirit, crippled and lamed by our arrogance and blind to the needs that surround us. We need this vision to see when it is us who are the unjust, the abusers of the lowly. In short, the ones in need of the mercy of others to invite us to the table. This past week, Debbie Heydrich, Danette Miller, and Pastor Alicia were part of a designation of HTF donors and supporters that traveled to Haiti for a graduation ceremony for some men and women in the CLM program. CLM is that program that we support for the ultra-poor in Haiti. These are women and men that have been consistently uninvited to the table throughout their lives. They were often seen as being less than human. But through CLM, they are invited to the table. They're given a chance, and they are reborn in the process. I wrote a reflection last week for HTF about our involvement here at Prince of Peace And I repeated the words there that Pastor Rick Barger, the founder of HTF, says so often that we need Haiti more than Haiti needs us. And we hear those words and we think about the CLM program and you can scratch your head and say, what do you you mean? Aren't our dollars the ones that are enabling this program to happen? They need us. And that may be true. But when you go to Haiti and meet the people and experience their loving, gracious hospitality for all, you realize that we are more to be pitied. Because we often don't even recognize when we're dying from our own self-centered, self-justifying ways. So we need Haiti. As I said in my reflection this week, our congregation vision is of a world restored with grace and peace. We can only dream such an audacious dream because the resurrection is real for us and our partners in Haiti play such a pivotal role in our trust of this demonstrated truth in our lives. No one would dispute the fact that there is a human cost to the kind of invitation that we consider this day. It will invariably lead us to tables where we feel less than comfortable, and more than a little out of place. But the good news of the cross is that it's precisely this feeling that reminds us that these are God's tables. These are the places where God has promised to be, where God wants us to be also so that we might experience 
the life-giving power of the grace of God for all. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.